The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, yesterday, numerous court documents identifying associates of the notorious sex offender Jeffrey Epstein were made public. Some of the high-profile names in the court documents include Prince Andrew, the former US President Bill Clinton, Michael Jackson and David Copperfield. Meanwhile, the former US President and wannabe President again, Donald Trump, has asked the Supreme Court to intervene after Colorado's top court disqualified him for being on the primary Republican primary ballot paper uh, for engaging in the insurrection leading up to the uh, January 2021 attack on the US Capitol Hill. Well, to explain and update us on all these matters, it's a great pleasure to welcome back, regular, of course, on the PK Show, Terry Sheridan, Managing Editor of WSHU Public Radio. Terry, how are you? Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to you. I've been doing well. Great. Uh, So... Just, just, just to go back on this, uh, Epstein was arrested in July 2019 for sex trafficking. He then was found dead in his jail cell on the 10th of August in 2019, and he was determined to have hanged himself. Subsequently, his uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, his uh, associate or partner or whatever, is serving a jail sentence of 20 years. So just tell us what documents are we now talking about? These documents are depositions. Well, not all of them have been released. They're going to be released on a rolling basis, but with no set schedule. All we know is that starting yesterday, the documents would start to become unsealed. So these specific documents, there are about 40 documents. They're depositions uh, that were held prior to Ghislaine Maxwell's um, court hearing. So In these documents, these are names that were mentioned either by the victims or by uh, Maxwell herself or whatever. So, again, we're expecting that when everything is released, there will be about 200 names total released. Now, it's important to realize that in some of these names, or actually right now all of these names, there's no criminal charges against anyone. And in some of the names, there's no criminal activity or uh, suggested or accused of. So, for instance, Bill Clinton, uh, the comment was that, yes, he was on the plane several times and that he liked young girls. There's comments about Donald Trump. Um, Michael Jackson, who you mentioned, they mentioned that uh, he was present in some place, but one of the victims did not give him a massage. So right now, these are just names pulled from the documents. So um, why are, what is the context? This judge is that Loretta Preska has ordered this to be published. Um, Like, I I get the uh, prurient public curiosity about this, but we are dealing with a court of law. And, you know, in this country, you know, uh, people before the court make affidavits, and I'm sure that's that's the same as what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. a disposition, uh, um, uh, deposition. What, 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 I mean, what's the value of these? Is it just hearsay? On one hand, you could say yes, and for people, for political purposes, they're making hearsay into something. So if you're a liberal and you see Donald Trump's name on it, you're going after him. If you're a conservative and you see Bill Clinton's name, you're going after him. And yes, there is a purient factor to it. But uh, Virginia Roberts Jufri, who is the, the famous victim who came forward, um, she's the one that had been photographed with Prince Andrew. She filed the motion to have the names released, and that's been something that uh, – 
activists in the country, they're saying, wait a minute, if we have this ring and this high profile sex trafficking ring and there are prominent people mentioned on it, we should know who these prominent people are that may or may not be part of the sex ring, but that are associates of Epstein. So heretofore, in these depositions, they were just Jane Doe or John Doe, number 36, number 100 or whatever. Is that right? That was that was released to the public. And in certain cases, there are the judge has agreed not to release uh, names. For example, any victim who hasn't come forward themselves, their name will not be released. And if someone has made a filing to the court that their name shouldn't be released, that is also being adjudicated uh, now before a possible release of the name. And sex trafficking is a crime. Is it also a crime in U.S. law to attend these parties with a sexual context? Without being a lawyer, I would say no, but I would defer to my lawyer friends. But no, if you're in a room, if you're I guess it's all comes down to intent. If you're in a room with the expectation or the intention that something is going to happen, then yes, if you're just in a room and you walk in and there's whatever and you're not aware of what's going on i would say no but again i i i'm gonna i'm gonna punt to a to a lawyer on that one okay and also as i recall it there was there was planes there was las vegas there was new mexico but also some of it maybe was outside the u.s the virgin islands and so on absolutely they would fly to the virgin islands they would fly to the to dominican republic uh i mean again think of it as a party plane or you know back if you're old enough thinking of it as the as the playboy plane where you got on the plane and there was going to be a party um what kind of party well you know we know what it is but no it was you were going for a good time if you were on jeffrey epstein's plane you were going for a good time whether it was going for sex whether it was going to a casino whether it was going to the beach, if you were uh, an associate of Epstein, you were having a good time. Okay. Where I'm going with this is, as 2024 unfolds, as more names come out, there's less redaction, where will this all end up? I don't know. I think it would happen. it would happen if someone was actually in the documents and and again we don't know what other documents there are there's rumors of Maxwell's so-called black book that would list the names would list contacts and would list proclivities uh if something came up that would tie someone directly to what was going on to the to the trafficking to to having sex with an underage woman then that could lead to criminal charges okay turning to politics then uh, we, we've had analysis on this show in, only yesterday with Larry Donnelly saying that the Miami and Colorado exclusions of Trump uh, were unlikely in the event of a, a Supreme Court appeal to hold water. Um, a, what's the latest development in terms of a Trump appeal and what do you think it's headed, what direction it's headed in? Well, I think uh, I, I think Larry is correct from what I'm reading that legal experts say this specific brief in front of the Supreme Court is fairly strong. On the one hand, Trump is arguing that because the oath that he took uh, to become president uh, did not include the words to support. It included the words to preserve, protect and defend. So therefore, the oath that would exclude him under the 14th Amendment 
doesn't apply to him. Um, they say that that's a fairly strong argument. Another argument is that this is the first time the Supreme Court or a court, specifically Colorado, would interfere in a presidential election with a major candidate by taking them off the ballot. That could be a, a strong argument as well. The other one was, well, we never had a president who did what they did on January 6th. The political ramifications, though, of the Supreme Court, uh, Justice Roberts, the chief justice, is very leery about getting the court involved in politics. So while they may not completely pass on the case, there's been expedited appeals to get get it going, they may delay it as much as they can, because there's other cases involving Trump in front of the Supreme Court as well, including Trump's claim that he has absolute immunity from prosecution for anything that he did during his presidency, including January 6th. What's the timeline of any appeal verdict? <sighs> Don't know. I mean, again, the expedited appeal or the expedited appeal that Trump and some Republicans want, you know, could be done within a week or within two weeks. That seems to be unlikely. We do know that the Colorado primary is coming up pretty quickly uh, as we move into the spring. So something will have to be done. Either it will just be that the the judges, you know, set aside the Colorado verdict and then will rule later in the year or possibly after the election. But again, it, at this point, it's all politics and it's all guesswork. And and filling in for Pat, I don't get the opportunity to speak to you every day. Do you think it's a slam dunk? It's a Biden versus Trump matchup in November? I, I, if I was putting money on it, I would... I would bet on that, but I don't think it's a slam dunk. I mean, I think there are still things that could happen. Uh, front runners in the past, including front runners who have had huge leads like Donald Trump, you know, have fallen. And let's not forget Trump's popularity right now, even in the Republican Party, with the two leading candidates, uh, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. If you add the two of them together, they're pretty close to Trump. So close to 50 percent of Republicans are still leery of Donald Trump. But is there not a divide and conquer that you can't put them together? Oh, you can't put them together. No, no, absolutely not. What I'm saying is that there is still 45 people, 45 to 48 percent of Republicans still are voting, are still supporting someone other than Donald Trump into the primaries. I get that. And then is Biden a slam dunk? Because a lot of people are saying that, um, you know, with his age and his health won't necessarily improve with Anno Domini, uh, that, you know, the, the Democrats have made a mistake in not having a succession plan, you know, last year. My per this is my personal feeling, is that no, Biden will continue and he will run unless there is another health development coming up in the year. You know, again, with his age, um, I'll be honest, I saw him on TV on New Year's Eve, you know, when we were watching the ball drop. Uh, and he'd looked, he, he, I thought he looked, I thought he looked very old at that point and then acted it. Not that I'm hmm. <laughs> being pejorative. I just thought, you know, I just thought, wow, it, it hit me for the first time. He looks old. Having said that, he, you know, it, he he has a strong case to run on his what he has accomplished over the past three years. Um, and in, if anything was to happen to Biden, who would you think is the non-Biden Democratic frontrunner? 
Uh, that's I mean, we can talk about Gavin Newsom. We can talk about Gavin Newsom, I would say, would probably be the leading one. But the um, uh, and I right now her name is slipping me. But the governor of Michigan, um, she would would be a strong candidate uh, for the nomination. Um, and it could even be, you know, Vice President Kamala Harris. So I think there are there are young, there's another generation out there, a younger generation. We'll see what happens. All right. My thanks, as always, to Terry Sheridan, calling it as it is, managing editor of WSHU Public Radio and regular on the PK Show. Now, time for this. Your chance to win big. News Talk's Cash Machine. Okay. The Pat Kenny Show. With Aviva Insurance. On News Talk.